The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Those days, decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there's no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and hope, peace and joy and love be to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, born unto us, Jesus Christ. Amen. In those days, decree went out from Emperor Augustus that there was to be everyone registered. My favorite part of the nativity, bureaucracy. I love it. I love me a good census, right? Every time I hear this story, I realize there's parts of it that seem to get lost in the sort of sentimental attachments that we have to it. We, we come with these expectations. We know the ins and outs of the story. We know what our expectations are, that at the end of it all, we're going to sing Silent Night and welcome the birth of the child, that we miss the weirdness of this story. We miss how jarring some of these elements really are, how, how people are dislocated. I think about this couple who has to travel while she's pregnant to go so they can be properly counted in the city from which Joseph draws his lineage, that of David. I think about the shepherds who are in the fields, who then have to suddenly leave the fields to go and share this good news after being frightened by a heavenly host. They too are displaced this evening. Think about God's own self, displaced in this process as Jesus takes on our very flesh, as God is no longer the divine from the realms above, but instead dwells here among us. Emmanuel, God with us. As I previously mentioned, this whole story, our gospel this evening, starts with a census. A census that leads us into a road trip. This isn't a road trip for leisure, right? No, this is a road trip born of necessity. Just like where this road trip leads them, it's out of necessity that this child, upon being born, is placed into a feed box. Right? This child is placed into a trough, for lack of a better phrase. Now I know we like to use that word manger. It's 
It's much more beautiful. It's French. I looked it up. It's gorgeous, right? But you never hear anyone say, let's go put up the trough scene, shall we, children? Of course not. Why? Because we love the manger. We love that feeling it brings to us, that sentimental feeling, the whole silent night thing, the centerpiece of the whole thing is the manger upon which that child lays. But as someone who shared a household with a newborn child, I'll tell you this, there ain't no such thing as a silent night with one of them in your house. But again, another sermon for another time. But as I sit here and, and as I think about this, as I think about all of this, I realize that a trough is no place for a baby, let alone a baby who we claim to be the Messiah. And yet, and yet, that is what we find. And that's so true in life. Quite often, we find ourselves in places we don't expect. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe grandma dragged you here. Don't tell me it hurts my feelings. I don't care. What matters is I got you for the next 40 minutes, right? This is what happens. And I've never felt more out of place than in my first celebration of Christmas Eve and my first call in a barn just outside of Wilmington, Illinois, population 5,700 people. Now, as a city kid, I'll admit, I didn't have a lot of experience with barns growing up. It wasn't a thing we did. The closest I came was that little exhibit at the Lincoln Park Zoo, which I loved, by the way. Let's go to the zoo to see the chickens and cows, my friends. And that, you see, was the limit. So when I arrived at this call, in June, mind you, all people wanted to tell me about was, you gotta see it, Christmas Eve barn service. That is what we do at Grace Lutheran Church. And I thought it was some light hazing for the new pastor. I laughed it off and said, oh, <laughs> that's real rich of you folks. Until it was about four months later, there one morning on my desk was a bulletin. And staring back at me were the words, Christmas Eve barn service. Oh, they were real. That's a thing. At which point, my secretary at the time looked at me and goes, well, do you have any questions? And I said, yeah, I got about a million of them, but I don't think you have the time to answer them. So what I did is I read through the service and in my mind, I could put it all together, right? I started to piece it together and I could picture this, this like wedding venue, right? With warm, warm lighting and, and warmth and stuff. And then I pulled up and I realized I was a bit off, right? I was directed by the owner of the farm to park across the road in what was a cornfield most of the year as I trudged across trying not to get hit by cars coming down the highway. And as I walk up to the barn, I took it all in and I thought, okay, we can make this work. And then I stepped into the barn and it was not what I expected. I looked for seating and all I could see were hay bales. And then I looked for an altar. And that was quickly realized that that was the two hay bales stacked on top of each other because that's how you make an altar in a barn, I found. Then there was the slats had about inch gaps in them. So there I was thinking I'd be plenty warm. Well, guess what? I was wrong. That wind tore through everybody in that little barn as we huddled closely together for warmth. But I got to say, my favorite part of the experience, you ain't lived, Vic Katie, until you preach with a three-day-old baby lamb and mama five feet away from you in the stall next to you. I couldn't tell if they were heckling me or what was going on, but it was a little discomforting to say the least. 
And then, to top it all off, finally got through the sermon. I thought I made it. And I'm standing there at my hay bale altar, presiding over Holy Communion, the center point of the service, right? The moment where we connect ourselves to that feed box, Jesus who feeds the world. He's here when the barn cat comes out of nowhere and tries to wrestle the Jesus I just made with magic hands moments earlier. And I'm allergic to cats. We had a problem, right? In that moment, I realized a couple things. A, I was out of my element. B, a barn is no place for a newborn child. C, I had never been closer to that child than I was in that moment, in that place, a place I least expected to ever find myself personally, professionally, or even pastorally. But yet, that's what happened, right? It was the sights and the sounds, and dare I say, the smells that revealed to me a new perspective on this very familiar story. And maybe that's what we need tonight. We need an opportunity for a new perspective, right? That perspective is we are reminded of just what a struggle it must have been for Mary and Joseph to uproot their lives while pregnant with child so that they could welcome the divine into the world. Right? The shepherds who so seized by fear they can't even hear the good news for what it is until they are reminded a second time over that it's actually good news before their terror leaves and they can go and share it with the rest of the world. See, sometimes a story can be so familiar that we become immune to just all of those wonderful and messy details. But today, is about God showing up in the messy details of our lives, of this world, promising us a new way, a way of peace and hope and love and joy as God dwells with us, dislocating us from what was and inviting us to what is and what can be. So thanks be to God this night for an indoor HVAC system. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>